We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Danny and Dusty. God's name is going on in here. What was that ruckus? With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the fan man Hera. What ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. Describe the ruckus, sir. And 1080. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. The fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty. Danny's still out uh, with the COVID. Doing well, doing better. Text with him today. His picks are in. We'll get to our picks at uh, next hour coming up at 1.30. This hour we'll have Ryan Horvat on our BetQL Network Insider, the host of BetMGM tonight. But where we start hour number two is uh, diving into Ducks and Beeves a little bit more. Uh, we bring on now from Duck Territory, Eric Scopel, kind enough to join us. Thanks for taking a few minutes, man. How you doing? Not too bad, man. I uh, There's a bug going around. I don't have it, but... Uh, I'm hoping to avoid it because I want to be able to cover this football game this weekend. Boy, everybody's getting sick. Like, everybody, all around. Cold, flu, COVID, everybody's uh, got the bug bitten uh, lately. But uh, ducks and beeves, this is a big one. I saw uh, Bill Orem of the Oregonian, uh, the sports columnist of note now. He is trying to look for a new name for the game. We talked with Angie Machado yesterday from Beaver Blitz, and she said she just still calls it the Civil War out of habit. Uh, are you? Is there a name for this rivalry that you go with? Oh, man. I, I, I wish my brain was more creative. <laughs> right? I, I, I'm not good. I'm, I'm good at, like, nicknames with friends, but I'm not good at <laughs> things people would want to take seriously. So I don't think I've got the brain to do this type of thing. I, there's got to be there's enough ingenuity in this state, though, for somebody to figure it out. Um, maybe it'll be Bill. Uh, <laughs> you know, I no, I don't, I don't, yeah. I, and I've just honestly been calling it the rivalry, formerly known as the Civil War, or just the rivalry between the Ducks and the Beavers. There's not, there's not really anything I've seen that I, I, I like too much, which is, I don't know, a little disappointing. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be creative if someone is creative for me. I yeah. guess where I'm at, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. If I've got that. The juice is flowing yet. And we need something to get a little bad blood, and maybe uh, this rivalry tightening up a little bit will we'll get that for us. Um, uh, let's talk about this Ducks team, though. I, I think with Dan Lanning and this staff and, you know, even you know, Bo Nix and his rise that we've seen, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit as this goes on. But I, I think one of the most impressive things that I see from, from this team is how they can get back up off the mat, what, how they got back off the mat uh, after the Georgia loss early in the year, and they just went to work uh, after that and, and r- rattled off eight in a row. Um, but getting up off the mat after that loss to Washington w- was something different because they had a very good opponent in Utah uh, coming in right after that. What stuck out, stuck out to you about the way the Ducks were able to play that Utah team that has been so physical and a thorn in their side for so many years? I think what impressed me most is probably just the way that a, a lot of the things that have made this Oregon team so good this year weren't really on the table going into it, as we've established, one of the big games of the year against Utah. I mean, 
We didn't know Bonex was unclear if he was going to be able to play. And I think anybody who understands injuries understood if he was able to play, he wouldn't be at 100%. And in doing so, it would remove a huge element of the Oregon offense, which has been design quarterback runs, RPOs. I mean, they, they Utah at a certain point just recognized, as I think most people did, is that if Nix isn't going to run, you just load up on the running backs, and, and they, they took that away. And, and another component of the lack of a run game and some of the offensive issues were, were you know, Alex Forsyth, probably one of the better centers in the country, wasn't available for the game at all, and he didn't end up playing. So there were some things that were removed there, and for the offense to have, I know it's not huge success, but enough success early to build the lead, I thought that was crucial um, to get out to 17-3. And then I think the other part was, you know, everybody had been so critical of that, that defense, that secondary in particular, and some individuals, and they played their best game of the year. And I know it's a much better matchup. I think if you, you know, I know going into it, I thought, man, if there's a, there's a week Oregon defense can maybe play a little better, it would be a matchup like this just because Utah and Washington are so different. And Washington really plays to some of Oregon's weaknesses, which is, the lack of, I think, speed at safety and some of the coverage issues you have at corner and other parts of the field. But um, I was just really impressed with the ability to step up and, and the defense to make plays because everybody had really kind of written off that side of the football and just said, you're going to have to win shootouts. And in a game where, as I said earlier, some of the, your best elements offensively were removed, you weren't going to be able to win in a shootout probably to, to be able to make it kind of an ugly, low-scoring game and win that way. I think it was really impressive, um, especially because, as I said, this is a, a team that has really only won one way all season. Um, you know, they, they, they had to come back against Washington State, but that was a game where they scored a lot of points because the defense couldn't get stops. And after that, it was basically the offense is going to do its part and, and get into the 40s, and you just hope the defense is able to do enough to, to keep it less than that. So um, I, I just think the, the variety of ways that they succeeded that kind of go against the grain of what we'd seen, I guess, in the previous uh, eight wins was what really I think kind of stood out to me in that one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think that this defense had it in them. I, I mean, I truly didn't, especially against the Utah team that is very, as well coached as they are, and they got their injuries of their own. But I look back to you know this the fourteen point third quarter where I mean this team gave up seventeen points, and one of them was their offense's fault on that fumble return. And I thought that the biggest sign of growth that I've seen from this defense and in that game, I was like, they're not losing this one is after that fumble, then the offense gets back on the field and goes three and out immediately. And they were back on – their defense was back on the field, and they responded with an interception. And, and that is something that, you know, that could have been the snowball where you get that fumble return for a touchdown, the offense goes three and out, and then how many times have we seen a Utah team, you know, just grab the game by the horns and say, no, now we're going to go on a death march, you know, punch in another one, and it's game over. But – there's a there's a resiliency with this team, and I think that it it, it it obviously starts with Dan Lanning. This guy's special, man. As a as a leader of men, and you talk to the players, and you get to see the interactions uh, more on a day to day basis than than we do. What is it that kind of sticks out most to to the people that are around Dan Lanning the most that he can get people pulling in that same direction because they needed every bit of that on Saturday. No, those are great points. Um... In, in terms of just the, the top-down leadership that they have. And I think Dan strikes me as somebody having kind of seen him, you know, deal with players, deal with media, deal with other coaches that is first off, I think pretty immensely likable, which is, is, is valuable in every avenue professionally. Right. I mean, like mm -hmm. people that other people like typically I think do better in most career paths. And certainly I think coaching, which is so relational, that's the case. I think he's, got a very dry sense of humor. I think he plays along with his guys. I think he's obviously a younger head coach, and so there's a level of relatability probably there that um, maybe isn't there with an older coaching staff. And, and that's across the board. I mean, Kenny Dillingham is uh, only like six years older than Cameron McCor Cam McCormick, the tight end. I mean, that's one of those things you think about. Like your offensive coordinator is 31. You've got a player who's in his mid-20s because of a bunch of injuries <laughs> and stuff. But, oh, my goodness. Like, there, there is a level of, I think, just, you know, people on the around the team, I, I just get a sense he's, there's not a lot of people who, who don't like him. And then the other part is you can you can be really likable but not very capable, you know, and, and, and maybe lack a level of competency. I don't think there's any question Dan's really smart and, and, and has a really advanced understanding of how a lot of things work for someone his age. And, and that's the reason I think he was sort of sought out 
to fill this position was because of, of those characteristics and obviously the track record at Georgia. So um, I, I, I just get a sense being around the team that he, he's kind of won everybody over just on a personal level. And then the, the, but the, but the cherry on top is that they also go, he's, he's, he's really smart and he knows what he's doing as a coach. He, he understands the X's and O's. He understands um, from a leadership perspective of, of when to be hands-on of when to be hands-off. I think one of the things that sort of stood out to me about this is um, maybe previous head coaches at Oregon have been a little too involved in certain parts of the offensive or, or, or defensive play calling kind of depending upon what their background is in. And Dan is a defensive coach and has basically said, Hey, the offense is Kenny Dillingham's baby and let Dillingham really kind of run with it and do a lot of innovative, creative things. Sometimes that a lot of times have worked last week. Sometimes they didn't work, but like just the, you know, I guess confidence to, to, to kind of divvy up responsibilities that way. You know, uh, really out. You know, it, it does stand out. I mean, that, that does stand out and I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, <laughs> and it, but didn't let you finish thought. I thought you were done there, but um, you know, you mentioned Dillingham. How it is his baby. The offense is his, and it's his his own wrinkle. Uh, the smoke continues to come out, though, of Arizona State in that flirtation. How big of a deal do you think that is? I'll let you off the hook on cutting me off because I actually thought I was getting another phone call and I couldn't tell if I'd gotten disconnected. So that's why <laughs> I had an awkward pause. It's okay. Uh, full disclosure. Uh, no, no, but with with Billingham, I think that there's there's that's something certainly to watch. And you know, if, if you're unfamiliar with his his history and his background, he is from the state of Arizona. Went to school at Arizona State, so there are certainly um, some ties there to, to that you know we have to be aware of. And he's you know so that that kind of checks off a couple of just preliminary boxes of would Billingham be interested in a job like that? But then there's the other part of hey you, you you can't offer a head coaching job at a school that doesn't have a, a head coaching vacancy and Oregon currently doesn't have one so uh, going to Arizona State is a step up in terms of um, you could probably argue or return home to family I, I believe his wife is also from that area and so um, that that kind of aligns and and then you'd also have the hey you can run this program and and I've always thought Arizona State is a program that has a fair amount of upside in terms of location uh, from a recruiting perspective and um, the size of the city, you know, the, the surrounding kind of Phoenix area and all that. So um, it could be a good job. But I, I think the other part that you have to worry and kind of wonder about if you're, you're dealing in and even Arizona state is just the youth part of it. Again, you got a guy who's in his early thirties. Um, has he, has he shown enough that he's ready to run a program? I mean, a lot of people are really good coordinators or really good position coaches, but not meant to be great head coaches. And I'm not saying I know one way or the other, but there is a lack of, you know, uh, experience from a, what is he, what is he as a head coach that maybe makes it a little bit worrisome for Arizona state if they're trying to make a hire here. Um, but I, there certainly seems to be some level of interest there. And, and if you're, I think an, an Oregon fan, it would be kind of a bummer to, to, to see him take off so quickly because of, what you've seen this year with this, with this offense and, uh, and just how dynamic it has been. This is, I think, undoubtedly the, the closest thing you've had in, in Eugene to, uh, you know, the Marcus Mariota 2014 offense. So it's been almost a decade since you've had an offense this, this good and this consistently good. And, and to, to have the architect of that only be in, in Eugene for a year or less than that would be, I think, kind of a, a disappointing outcome. Eric Scopel is our guest. DuckTerritory.com covers Oregon football and uh, women's basketball for the Ducks. Now, you know, as it pertains to Dillingham, if he comes back, do you think there's a shot that the Ducks could convince Bo Nix to return for a super senior year? I think that the ship is sort of sailed would be my, my, my confidence level would be low that they could do so. Um, does it mean that there that there isn't something in play? I'm not aware of. But last I'd heard, I think he's and and we should note he hasn't been asked straight up face to face at a media scrum uh, about what his plans are going forward. And maybe he'd give a surprising answer. But for everything I've heard, I, I think the odds of that are are pretty slim. Yeah. Because I mean, like we all forget about that COVID freebie that <laughs> that everybody right. got from that 2020 year where everybody's kind of getting that extra season. And, um, you know, with the world of NIL, there's actually, you could toss some money at the guy and, and see. 
if he comes back. His health, though, um, I know he gave an update yesterday, and uh, we saw him play against Utah. Obviously, whatever, whatever shot they gave him in the second half or in the before the game, it was wearing off in the second half. Uh, how does how is he feeling heading into uh, th- this game against Oregon State? Yeah, there's no mystery about whether or not he plays. He's going to play. Um, the question is how, I guess, uh, how, how capable will he be this week? And he did say his ankle felt better. We spoke with him on Tuesday. He said it felt better this Tuesday than the previous Tuesday. And, and that's not surprising given how injuries work, but certainly you were encouraged to hear a, a positive update of some sort. Um, I think it remains to be seen what he can do and how much more he can do, especially as a runner. Um, you know, because as I said earlier, I think what what has made this offense so dynamic in part is that they can beat you in so many different ways. You can you have a quarterback who's a very capable runner. You have running backs who are really great in space, and you have receivers and tight ends that are also certainly capable of winning one-on-one battles and and, uh, and getting the ball up the field. And so when you removed the the Knicks running aspect from the game plan last weekend, I think it was pretty clear how teams would attack you. And so I, I don't know exactly what he'll be able to do this week but I, I know he'll be available to play and you hope he's healthy enough to maybe scramble and get out of the pocket a little bit more because that's been such an area of, of success and he did that a little bit um, against Utah I'm guessing you're going to see a continue I, I would be surprised if we see a, a, just a, a total return to uh, the number of design runs and RPOs that were called in the past I'm going to guess that if he does use his feet it's going to be more from a, a improvisational perspective um, and but we'll see if he's even able to do that. I mean, I, I you know you just don't know with these ankle injuries, and it, he didn't look particularly mobile or capable uh, last game. And as we know, the the one design run he did have was the final play basically of the game, and it wasn't exactly a super athletic play. He just kind of made a, a stop and dove, dove forward for the first down. So I, I think that is the big question mark from an injury perspective. Uh, for Oregon going into this week is just how much can you get out of him. All right, uh, let, let's get it. The the prediction. Uh, Ducks, Beeves, it is going out 12.30 Saturday in Corvallis. How do you feel about this one? Oh, I haven't even got. I haven't even gotten to what, <laughs> what I think the score will be. Um, you've put me on the spot. No, I, I, I think um, – I think for Oregon to win, it probably has to be kind of low scoring again, Um, which I think – I think the way Oregon State operates offensively is a lot closer to Utah than it is Washington. And certainly you look at the caliber of quarterback and um, just the style style of how Oregon State plays, um, like from a personnel perspective. So I I do think Oregon defensively can probably muddy it up enough – uh, and then you just hope the offense is capable. I think it's going to be a really, I think it's going to be really competitive. But I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say Oregon twenty-seven, twenty-four. All right, like that it's going to be right down to the wire. I love it. I love it. Eric Scopel uh, from Duck Territory, twenty-four-seven uh, Sports site, and and also the Ots and Audibles podcast. Um, you have got. But Nick Reed told me he keeps up with his ducks through the Ots and Audibles podcast. So you know, a duck Hall of Famer, he keeps up. He keeps up with it with his with his ducks through you guys. So keep up the great work, man. Always appreciate your time. Oh, of course. I did. I, I didn't know that from Nick. That uh, that makes my day. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is. He said, you know, that's where that's where I get my news from. So um, <laughs> keep up the great work, man. Eric Eric Scopel, uh, uh, Duck Territory twenty four seven Sports. Um, that's really good stuff, man. And this is going to be really interesting to see kind of where the Oregon football program kind of moves forward beyond this game and this. Um, Moving into hopefully a conference championship game for Oregon as a win here, and they move on to play USC in the conference championship game. Uh, and look, ten win season, you you get this win, you get the tenth win of the year, and you're moving forth a little bit more comfort. Um, so we'll have more on this game, including the Bonix conversation in the future of Bonix a little bit later. Again, one thirty, we have got uh, our man Ryan Horvat of. BetQL Network, BetMGM tonight going to be joining us. This is Danny and Dusty on The Fan. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle-lang-lang Wants to call you on the telephone, baby I give you a ring It's time for today's worst day on the web With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan Well, we had uh, the surprising part of Monday Night Football was not the fact that the Arizona Cardinals got run out of Estadio Azteca by the San Francisco 49ers in the tune of 38-10. No, 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 no. The surprising part was not Colt McCoy starting at quarterback. No, no, no. The surprising part was that they fired their offensive line and run game coordinator, Sean Kugler, and that, uh, what's his name, Cliff Kingsbury said that on Monday morning they sent him home from Mexico City and fired him across the border and did not give any details as to what happened. Well, we now have the details, and the worst day on the web goes to the Arizona Cardinals and Sean Kugler because they fired him after allegedly groping a woman in Mexico City over the weekend. On Sunday night, apparently this happened. Um, Authorities were notified of the incident in Mexico City on Sunday, and uh, the Cardinals immediately, to to their credit on this one, the Cardinals immediately fired him and sent him packing and said, nope, you're out of here. And I said that that was the surprising part is that, like, that, that they, I don't know what had happened down there, but the surprising part was that they just sent him to the airport and were like, get home. Uh, whatever you're not flying on the team flight you're not doing anything so we're finding out though and this is why the cardinals have the worst day on the web is because back in may their former running backs coach james saxon 
had to turn himself into Indiana police for assaulting a woman in her home in Indianapolis. And in October, he was uh, sentenced to a year in jail with a suspended sentence. He was given a year of probation. The Cardinals, they did not fire him until, and I didn't, I don't even remember hearing about this. They didn't fire him until it became public in August that um, he he had been facing these charges, which he got sentenced to, obviously found guilty and sentenced to a year uh, in jail. That is a suspended sentence. But this is the second time that this has happened in less than a year, almost in six months for the Arizona Cardinals football team. And I, I, good on them for doing what they should have done back in May and firing Kugler on the spot and sending his butt back home. Yeah, at least they, they didn't waste any time taking care of this one. No. No, but uh, we knew the details were going to come out, and we are going to find out what happened. Um, and it it was a, a, an ugly scene, but uh, the Cardinals acted swiftly, sent his butt packing, and sent his butt home. So uh, tying up the loose ends, that's the worst day on the web right there. All right, let's get back to uh, the, the footballs. Well, heck, we got a little World Cup action. I got questions. This weekend, a better's dream, a sports fan's dream, NFL college rivalry games. You've got the PKI, the Maui Invitational going on. The battle for Atlantis is going on in college basketball. You've got NBA action. You've got World Cup action. Let's go! You can bet on where Aaron Judge is going to go after he had a meeting with the San Francisco Giants yesterday. Let's bring on our BetQL Network insider, the host of BetMGM Tonight. Ryan Horvath joins us after Rust with SportsCenter. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Don't call it a comeback. As always on Wednesdays at 1.30, we are very happy to bring on the host of BetMGM tonight, our BetQL Network Insider, Ryan Horvat, joining us. Ryan, what's going on, man? Hey, guys, thanks so much for having me. Just uh, getting set for Thanksgiving, get the day off, which is always nice. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy the food. Obviously, some good games. Hey, let me ask you guys a quick question, actually, before you guys get it. Let me uh, jump on your show and ask you guys a question. I was talking about this. I love it. So I like football on Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. and I like the NBA on Christmas Day, but I absolutely hate the NFL on Christmas Day. Would you guys agree, like, now that they've added those three games, and and this isn't just because I'm a Packer fan and I have to watch them get demolished by the Dolphins. I like to focus on the NBA, and I'm the biggest football fan, but I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. like the NBA – I'm sorry, the NFL is being added to Christmas Day now. I feel like it's just, like, too much, and I have to, you know, celebrate with my family and see family and friends and open presents and whatnot. Yeah, it does kind of feel like they're stepping on the on the NBA's day. But that we we, we talked about this when the, when the schedule came out, like, in the spring or whatever, and it's like the NFL does not care. They, they will right. step on any league, and this is the battle that they're having with college football right now when you have the bowl games on New Year's Day. Like, the NFL is going to do it again on New Year's Day when they – when they have games and New Year's Day falls on a Sunday, right? Like that—that that should be a college football day. I, I think that right. if there's a politician that wants to run on the platform of handing the NBA Christmas Day and college football uh, New Year's Day, I'd vote for him. I would do it. I, I'm with you on that. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's just like that's how we grew up. You know, I watched the NBA on Christmas Day. You got your football on Thanksgiving. Because the other thing is, 
football, I have to be like locked in for four hours, especially <laughs> if my team's playing, you know, yeah. whereas with the NBA, you could kind of like, you could pay attention while talking to your aunts and your grandmother and your friends and family. But like in football, you have to be locked in the NBA. You really only need to see the last four minutes of the game. So that's my issue with the whole thing. It's just way too much. It's taken over the holidays. Well, we do have way too much. And this may be like a degenerate betters paradise though, because you think of all the action that we have coming up to tomorrow and really this weekend, where you've got the NFL slate starting on Thursday. You've got rivalry weekend in college football. The World Cup is going on. And you've got NBA action as well. I mean, we've got a little bit of everything that, that the betters can can dive in on and, and look at because there's so much action going on in, in November of all months. No, it's true. And, you know, I'm starting to get into college hoops, which usually I'm locked in already, but it's just gotten so tough because we have college football and the NFL going down, obviously, but also with the transfer portal. I mean, even coaches leaving. You know, you got John Shire taking over at Duke. I mean, you know, Villanova has a new head coach. I still can't believe Jay Wright is retired. He's only, what, 60 years old. But I've been diving into college hoops. Like, I really like this Arizona team. In fact, they're going to start up. They're going to tip off here in a couple hours. They play against Creighton. Ooh, man, Creighton looks good right now, too. Both teams undefeated. Arizona's a three-point favorite. Really like them, actually, in a couple hours for a little bonus pick. But, man, I love it. Like, I shouldn't complain, but we got college football. Um, you know, a really good slate always on Friday the day after Thanksgiving. And then tomorrow, I mean, the World Cup, it's awesome. It just doesn't feel, like, real yeah. yet because I'm so used to watching it in June, you know, like in the summer and going yeah. to those, like, summer watch-along parties, although it's been a while since we've had the U.S. in there. Uh, so that's been pretty nice, the one match. So it, it's awesome, man. There's so much, and there's so much to get to. It makes the show really easy, especially when you have four hours, 20 hours every single week because you could hit on everything. And the best part about it now is, like, gambling's pretty much legalized everywhere. We just finally opened up in Maryland today. So today's the first time I've been able to wake up in the morning and place a bet, not have to drive to Washington, D.C. But it's so tempting, and you also have to be very careful. Like, this is what I tell everybody, because you have college hoops. There's 120-somewhat games or whatever. You have college football. You have the NBA still and all these prop bets and all these added bonuses. You just have to be careful and watch your wallet, because when, when there's 400 and 500 options a day, uh, you know, it's kind of tempting to play them all. <laughs> okay, I've got a question about college basketball because here's the thing with college hoops: like everybody has their team that they that they follow, or you keep your ta- you keep tabs on, and you know them. How do you attack? Like, there, I mean, there's 300 some teams, and some of these lines and that you see in college hoops in these preseason games are absolutely insane. How do you go about just kind of wrapping your head around the world of college hoops with all of those things that you said? Uh, additionally, the transfer portal and guys like you, know, you have a guy from like uh, you, you know northeastern Louisiana Tech who all of a sudden yeah. was like the five or four time player of the year and he's got a fifth year COVID year and now he's at Kansas and you're like what? Wow, where's this guy yeah. coming from? You got guys coming out of nowhere. How, how do you wrap your head around all of this stuff? And what's crazy is it's not even like guys that leave the small schools to go to the big schools because that I've always understood, right? You start yeah. somewhere small. And then, and then you catch on somewhere. Now, like, a guy will win a national title at Baylor or be in the Final Four, and the next year he's at Illinois. It's all about money. <laughs> money and, I mean, man, that'd be cool, though, right? Like, especially in college. Like, you know, you go to, you know, UCLA one year, and then, say, let's check out USC or let's go to Texas or check out the Midwest and go to Michigan State and party out there. I mean, it's pretty cool, actually, but yeah. it's tough to, to bet this stuff. What I like to do in college hoops, so I covered Northwestern, actually, was my first gig, and it was when Chris Collins took over the program. And he told me this. He's like, you know, in the next 10 years, watch this. It's not going to be all about the Blue Bloods, Kansas, Duke, and Michigan State. And remember a couple years back, all the Blue Bloods stung. So what I like to do is find those mid-major programs, you know, with solid coaches that are probably going to take bigger jobs the next year. Like last year, it was St. Peter's. Then they got hot at the right time and went on that crazy run. And uh, I like to find these mid-major schools. And I like to play a lot of underdogs, especially early on in the season. Because the difference is, especially with these young teams, Kentucky, you know, Kansas, a lot of one-and-dones, a lot of just two-year players were at these mid-major teams. Not only are they very well coached at these schools and programs, but they have four-year players, you know, five-year players. And that's why you always see these teams. There's always three or four of them that go on a deep run in the tournament. So I usually like to find dogs, you know, eight-and-a-half, nine-point underdogs, solid teams going against bigger schools and try to attack it that way. Because you could also, every once in a while, sprinkle a little bit on the money line, get plus 400, plus 500. And we always see upsets in college basketball because it's not only us that has no clue. I mean, the, line, the odds makers, you know, the people covering college basketball, nobody really has a clue that first month, two months of the season. 
I mean, John Calipari said he doesn't even put his defense in until the second month of the season. You always see those Kentucky teams struggle. Those That's usually a fade team for me early on in the season because Kentucky, they don't really run anything. They always get the best players, but it's always kind of a mess for like a month until they get into conference play and then they figure things out. So I just try to fade the young teams and look at those mid-major teams. Love it. Ryan Horvath is our guest, host of BetMGM tonight, our BetQL Network Insider. I, I don't know if I've seen uh, quite seen a season like this in the NFL or a week like this in the NFL where, and depending on where you're looking right now, we have anywhere between four or five games in the NFL Week thirteen or Week twelve that are double digit lines. I mean, we got, and that's a, that that is huge number in the NFL to have double digit favorites, and we got five of them this week. Um, what do you make of of the the disparity that we're finding now in the the National Football League, where you know a ten point win is a blowout in, in the NFL? We're used to close margins, and now you have even one of our Thursday games, the the Bills Lions is nine and a half. You can get it at ten in some places. I know, and a lot of it is. Well, injuries, you know, in the NFL this mm-hmm. time of the year, you know, with some of these double-digit spreads, like Matthew Stafford was just ruled out, Cooper Cup still out for the Rams. So they're, I mean, power-rated a, a bottom team in the league. An interesting one, though, so some of it is also overreaction and not just injury, though. Uh, Giants-Cowboys. Yeah. Here's one where the Giants have a ton of injuries and depth issues. They're going to be without their two top corners and their best safety. If this game was played last week, though, the spread would only be seven, six and a half, seven for Dallas. So – that's three points, and, and that's a little bit of an overreaction because you had Dallas steamroll a one-loss Vikings team, and the Giants lost and looked very bad in that game. But I think that's what it comes down to, you know, is there's always this perception on some teams. Like, I like betting dogs. This weekend, if I had to choose one, I mean, I think it's at 9.5 right now, but it might trend towards 10. I know how good the Niners are looking right now, but yeah. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. The Saints still have a lot of talent on that roster. They're not mathematically eliminated yet. So I like the Saints plus nine and a half. But that's that's what it comes down to. Injuries and then overreaction. This team stinks. This team's Malin event. But I do not like laying big favorites. The one that I probably would, to be honest with you guys, is the Bills. Because now the Lions have won three straight games. It looks yeah. like they're a real NFL football team. But they're not. Like, they beat the Packers. That's my team a couple weeks ago. They're brutal. They're power rated like the fourth worst team in the league right now. The Lions can't stop the run. The Bills, even though they don't want to run the football, are still top ten in rushing, usually because of Josh Allen. Uh, the Lions can't stop the pass. Josh Allen's probably going to have a huge bounce-back game after a couple stinkers. And then you have the Bills' defense, who the Lions like to run the football. Bills are a top-five unit against the run. but just getting healthy in the secondary. I just I really like the Bills tomorrow. And I hear everybody picking the Lions, and it makes sense. They're hot right now. They're double-digit dogs. Everybody likes Dan Campbell. I just think this is going to be a good get-right spot for the Bills. And also – favorites on thanksgiving and these double digit favorites i want to say 18 and 6 since 2004 i know they're hitting at a 73 percent clip so like it's the one day thanksgiving's the one day that the public kind of has their way with the market and it's the one day where i just i like playing the favorites usually man especially when the bills and the lions everybody's watching the game it's a standalone game since i've been born in the early like mid 80s the lions have done nothing but stink on thanksgiving day and get blown out so i'm going to go with the team that's favored to win the super bowl over the detroit lions with my money okay you you mentioned your packers and this this is the line that i uh, wanted to ask you about the packers and eagles 7 uh, opened at 6 it's moved to 7 but is the only reason why that number because this feels like it should be like an eight and a half nine point line because the Eagles have been that impressive uh, over the course of the season their body of work is this just Aaron Rodgers um, not being more than a touchdown over the Eagles or what's behind this line? Yeah, because I would make this eight eight and a half yeah. and, and and we'll wait and see what the final injury report says for Green Bay. I mean, but the thing with the injuries is they can't get any worse. They're without their best pass rusher, Rashad Gary. I think that's what exactly what it is, because and especially because, man, the books, the market's been burned by Aaron Rodgers as a dog. I mean, they didn't beat the Bills, but they covered against the mm-hmm. Bills, and then they covered and won outright against Dallas. So I think what it comes down to is, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers getting a lot of respect from the market. But the problem is Aaron Rodgers is playing right now with a broken thumb, we find out. And, you know, Christian Watson's came on the last couple weeks. I really like him. But Romeo Dobbs is still hurt. Uh, they actually – they pretty much just booted Sammy Watkins off the off the depth chart today. I mean, Randall Cobb came back last week, but like, listen to these names I'm bringing up to you guys. I, I would have to play the Eagles. This is 
this is a nightmare matchup. I don't bet against Green Bay. If I were to, I would I would hammer the Eagles because the Packers are 32nd against the run. The Eagles are a top five rushing team. The Packers just got torched. They actually just shut down Derrick Henry. You know, I mean, shut him down. He had what 90 yards in the game, but he didn't go for a buck 20 against the worst run defense. But it was because Ryan Tannehill who's playing with a high ankle sprain on one leg, torched him for 340 yards through the air. So I don't know what the hell Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and all those guys are going to do to that secondary that's overrated. Uh, yeah, I think it's lights out for Green Bay. And then we'll see what then the interesting thing is going to be, do they shut down Aaron Rodgers? You could use the thumb as an excuse and evaluate Jordan Love because you only have one season to do that now. Or do you have Rodgers work with these young receivers and play through an injury? and play on a 4-5 or five win team. It's going to be interesting if they lose that game. But I don't. I usually bet Rodgers as a touchdown or more favorite, not in this spot, even on primetime. I think they're going to get demolished. All right, uh, before we let you go here, I, I've got just a question. I, you, you sparked my interest on the 73% win rate for the favorites on Thanksgiving Day. Are there any other trends surrounding kind of Thanksgiving week um, in the NFL that, that stick out, like teams having to travel and go on the road after Thanksgiving or – or anything like that, that that may benefit the betters out there? You know, not the only one, yeah, and, and, and I know that it's 18-6 and six since 2004, so that's 73%. And that's Thanksgiving road favorites, not just favorites. That's Thanksgiving road favorites. That's, and that's why I like the Bills so much in that spot. So that's even more impressive. You figure the home team's going to cover the big number. To be honest, the only other trend that I really care about this weekend is we get Kirk Cousins in a primetime game without <laughs> his left tackle, without Darisaw, you guys, going against Bill Belichick's defense that gave up, what, 100 yards oh. to the Jets. They're top five in DVOA on every individual down. My trend, 11-17 and 17 against the spread in primetime games is Kirk Cousins. So I love, love New England this weekend as plus two-and-a-half favorites. Oh, I'm sorry, dogs. I would actually probably make them a favorite. I don't know how they're going to score. That's the problem. If you watch yeah. that game against the Jets, I mean, man, that's four hours of your life. You'll never get back. The punt return was the only interesting thing. <laughs> Zach Wilson put together the worst performance I've ever seen from yeah. a quarterback. But still, the Pats' defense looks good, man. So I think they might beat the Vikings. I think the Vikings, I think we really overrated the Vikings. They're in a bad NFC North where their only competition is the Packers team that we just got done ripping. So um, I think they come back down to earth here the next couple weeks. And they're very overrated defensively. I think New England's going to run the ball down their throats. Love it. Ryan Horvath, check him out on BetMGM tonight. He is our BetQL Network Insider. Uh, Really appreciate the time, man. Uh, Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Happy Thanksgiving, Ryan. Yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Take care. All right, there he is, Ryan Horvath. BetMGM tonight. Go find it wherever you get your podcast. We got our picks that we need to lock in at the top of next hour. Okay? So we got got some stuff that we need to get to. Uh, But uh, Ben Simmons made his return to Philly. Got that warm Philly welcome. Danny Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Busy hour so far. We've had Eric Skolplan, Duck Territory, and we've had uh, Ryan Horvath, our BetQL Network Insider. If you missed either of those interviews, check them out. Let's Swap Tires podcast at 1080thefan.com. Um, we got a little bit of uh, uh, breaking news here on The Fan. Um, of sorts, of local film interest. The Goonies house has been sold. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, according to TMZ, um, they got they had multiple offers in on the home. It's been on the market for less than a week, and they have, uh, they have multiple offers at the $1.6 million asking price for a 2,300-square-foot home, three-bedroom, two-bath. Curious, did, built in eighteen ninety six. Did they sell the home next to it too? Because I remember seeing uh, uh, when it was listed that the uh, you could purchase both homes yeah. in the same transaction if you yeah. so desired. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to it. Okay. Um, all, all TMZ says is that uh, they had multiple offers from all corners of the globe, which is a confusing statement because a globe does not have a single corner on it. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> spanning the globe, 
uh, there were offers <laughs> that have come in on the Goonies home in Astoria, and uh, it will be made public next week who bought it or whom bought it. I, I bet multiple people are involved in this. they got to make it a, a museum. I mean, you would hope. Is the infrastructure there, though, for parking and such? You'd probably have to get, like, some sort of a shuttle. Yeah. Because it's kind of up there in a corner at or the end of the street. Or you buy the other house and bring in the bulldozers. Yeah. Oh, very similar to the movie Goonies. Whoa. <laughs> you just blew my mind. Um, which, uh, plot hole in the movie Goonies, um, they were going to build that golf course on the side of a hill. It's just something that I'm thinking. Just yeah. spitballing here. Just spitballing. It is pretty hilly there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, <laughs> it is quite literally on, on on a steep hill. Yes. Going down. Uh, I had a health teacher who, in health class, we watched Goonies, um, so he could pause the movie and show us the home that he grew up in, which is like <laughs> right down the hill. Nothing related to health at all. <laughs> but we watched the movie Goonies, except for maybe the part <laughs> they broke off of that statue in the living room. <laughs> Little anatomy. Yeah, that's little my mom's most favorite piece. Oh man, or yeah, make it a short-term rental, like an Airbnb. Airbnb, you got to get a lot of people going there. Wow, to there'd make be, up for that. There'd be some money to be made on that house, though, if you do that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so there's your uh, Goonies update. I want to get to next hour. Ben Simmons and his return to um, Philadelphia because. I I am making like I, I sit there and I look at Ben Simmons and I am so torn on him. I I do not know what to believe with Ben Simmons, um, because there's a large part of me that I just sit there and I go, you know what, you quit on your teammates. Like I, I know there's you feel like there's a lot of stuff going on against Ben Simmons, but he quit on his teammates and I I th- it, I hate that. I hate that he quit on his dudes like like he did. Um but I also find myself cheering for him in instances like last night with the way that he was able to handle himself and play well which shows me like I, I root for a guy who's had mental health issues to to get get straight, to get right and to figure out a way to manage and deal because I think that his story also can be inspirational. And I know that, you know, a lot of what was going on with him, you know, the mental health aspect played a big role of that. And that's an important thing and you can't ignore it. Um, and so I'm, I'm really torn on him um, in his performance last night in Philly. Yeah. You hate to come down on somebody who's been, you know, battling some demons. Um but yeah, you just you can't quit on your guys. But it was happening. It, it was it, it, like things like this. He he has a history of um, hmm, not being the best teammate, and that goes long before all of the the pressures in you know the mounting me- mental health issues that he was having with his anxiety um, were coming to light, and like that. Also, I just go, all right, well, maybe he's just a bad teammate and he has his anxiety issues and mental health struggles that he depression and, and stuff like that. And like you, you could they they can be mutually exclusive, like they don't have to be married together. Right. You know, like there is there a correlation? Sure. We can connect that dot pretty easily. But um, you can also just be a bad teammate and somebody that struggles with anxiety and uh, I, I think that that may be where I lie with him, but that makes me also pull for him when he is able to perform well in, in a scenario that he never in a million years would have, would have been able to play like he did last night. He didn't knock anybody's socks off, no. but you know what he did? He had uh, 11 assists, I think 7 rebounds, 11 points. Uh, he had 3 blocks, a couple steals. Like He lit up the stat, the stat line and you said, special. Yeah. He, I think he nailed his first two free throws, too, and Philly was raining down booze upon him <laughs> during those free throws. Uh, Gina sure Manzel, they were. You know Gina Manziel? Uh, she used to work Oregonian, couple yes. Oregon State. Then she went on to Denver and Phoenix. She's now working for the Philly Inquirer. Um, she had a tweet last night during the game, which is, I mean, it. I could just imagine Gina saying it out loud, but 
Uh, it was something along the lines of the first F.U. Ben Simmons <laughs> chant comes down late in the first. But it's short-lived because the quarter's over. <laughs> I mean, Philly Philly let him have it, but he, even after the game, he said, I thought, it was, I thought they were going to be worse. And even Charles Barkley was catching heat. He, Charles Barkley was catching heat in this game because Ben Simmons, if you missed it, he was saying, I know it's going to be brutal. I know they're, they're going to come at me hard. I'm looking forward to it. it you know, It's Philly. This is what they do. Like They come at you, and they're unrelenting. Charles Barkley said, said this on because it was a TNT game on Inside the NBA. Call him that. He's wearing that big old jacket. He got a bulletproof vest under there. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. 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 I can't joke. <laughs> People got like genuinely upset at Charles. It's Charles Barkley for one. Yeah, and it, it, he was wearing like it was Ben Simmons walking with a puffy coat, saying, "Hope you got a bulletproof." Ben Simmons was making the jokes like, "Man, they're gonna come at like I know it's gonna be like yeah." In Charles and Chuck Barkley knows is, Philly, and Charles Barkley's not literally saying, "I hope he has a bulletproof vest on underneath his coat." Right. He's being he is he's being facetious, and he is going to a point where you say. Hey, how extreme are Philly fans? You know, nobody is saying or advocating that anybody goes after Ben Simmons. I think like the pearl clutching on that one went yeah. wait. It's Charles Effin Barkley. Lighten up, Francis. Thank you. There's a lot of very serious things that are said on the internet and on television that nobody seems to give a rip about and just allow it to go on. Yeah. Don't come at Charles Barkley and clutch your pearls because he, he said that about Ben Simmons. Yeah. Come on. All right. Um, let's get to We have uh, some Oregon, Oregon State uh, stuff that we need to get into. We need to get into Zach Wilson as well. We will talk Zach Wilson uh, in hour number three. But let's get picky, folks. Picks against the spread. Danny Dusty on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.